G'day and welcome to The Grass is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. G'day, thanks for joining. This week, it is just me. Uh, I wanted to sit and have a chat, um, having a lot of discussions with clients, our clients right now, um, around their investments. That might be their superannuation, might be their the actual investments that they've got with their personal money. There's a lot of adjustment taking place in the world right now, and that's causing a whole lot of volatility. Uh, it's causing people to be worried, uh, rightfully so. And we've talked about um, the emotions that go into um, investing, and we're humans, so we're, it's only natural we're going to feel emotions. People might look at their super and investment and say, at the moment, you know, I'm, I'm in a high growth profile and I'm hearing that high growth equals high risk and the world right now feels really dangerous and high risk doesn't feel right to me right now. So I, I want to change that. And what I wanted to do today is just to drill down a little bit underneath some of these labels that you see either in your investment fund or your super fund and understand what sits underneath those. Uh, if we can understand what sits underneath each of these labels, it uh, might help you reconcile why it, it might be appropriate to stay the course in your, inve in your investment profile and how that is going to hopefully set you up for the long term. Um, you know, I, I read a great quote recently um, that said, successful investing is about managing risk, not avoiding it. And so easy to say, at the moment, it feels like we want to avoid it. There's a lot of, it feels like there's a lot of danger out there. So taking risks doesn't feel natural. But if we can manage it and understand it, that is a great starting point. So let's um, drill in or talk about the main types of investments that are out there. And I want to run through these in, you know, a lot of this will probably not be news to you, but I want to run through it in the list in order of risk. So let's start with defensive assets. They call them defensive assets because they're a lower type of risk. Uh, the, the lowest risk, if you like, is cash. Um, that is like a either a bank deposit or a term deposit or something like that. It generates regular interest. 
Um, not really any opportunity for capital growth. So it's just going to tick along and get some interest that is low risk. Um, fixed interest products, things like government bonds, things like corporate bonds, they generally would pay a higher rate of interest than cash. There's some potential for capital growth, but also the potential for capital losses. And we're seeing that with some bonds at the moment with the bond market, which tends to go in the opposite direction to interest rates. So some people that have got um, bonds at the moment have actually uh, felt a loss there. But it is a much lower risk um, asset compared to some of the growth assets we're about to chat about. So that those two types of asset classes, cash and fixed interest, they're the defensive ones. And what you'll find in a conservative portfolio, there's a lot more exposure to those than the growth assets. Now, underneath growth assets, we will list four classes, if you like, that sit under that. The one everyone gravitates to and, and understands is shares. So that, that could be things like direct shares, managed funds, um, exchange-traded funds like ETFs. Um, quite often clients will say to me, oh, look, I'm, I'm not in a high-risk share or I'm, um, or I'm not in high risk because I've just got bank shares. Well, bank shares are still equity. They're still direct shares. And so they do pose a risk in when we look at this list. Why? Because can go up and down in value. You can have capital losses. You can see your money go down. So that's how we measure this risk. Um, yes, in the long term, banks are probably pretty stable investment, but doesn't mean that you can't go backwards over a given point period of time. So shares, you know, historically they've achieved the highest returns on average over long periods of time. Um, obviously potential for capital growth and also potential for capital losses. The next category under the growth assets is property. Now the property could be residential, could be industrial, could be commercial, could be securitized type property where you're investing in, in units like a share. Obviously potential for income from rent or trust distribu distributions. Um, Obviously, potential for capital growth if property values rise, but potential for capital loss if prices decline. Um, infrastructure is another one. Now, there's listed infrastructure securities and things like toll roads and airports and rail facilities, they quite often might sell um, uh, units in this way and securities to, to help fund that. Um, can provide regular income distributions. Um, and again, it's high, It's still considered high risk. It can fluctuate in value. And then the fourth um, asset class under growth is al alternatives. And they call alternatives things like hedge funds, managed futures and commodities and that type of thing. Um, generally, very high risk with those. Um, they can really um, display volatility. So what you really see in that list there is uh, a number of asset classes. Now, there's six we talked about there. 
two were, were considered defensive or really pretty low risk and four <clears throat> under the growth assets that we consider high risk. Um, I just want to talk about those in relation to um, <laughs> what we call picking winners. And, and um, this is where I think it becomes an interesting discussion during a volatile time like now because just like when things are booming, we, we might have people coming in saying, let's try and pick a winner. Let's try and get on board this this wave that's um, heading in a great direction. At the moment, what we're sensing from people is I want to get off that wave. And I, not only that, I want to actually load up on other types of assets that provide low risk. Now, it's not to say that that's the wrong approach, but it's a reactive approach. And you might benefit from doing that in the short term, but you're also going to miss out on some long-term um, opportunities once things start to change and once things start to evolve and into a, a better direction. I just want to run through this um, sort of picking winners isn't easy. Uh, so for each of those categories we chatted about, just want to mention in the last 20 years, I've got a little chart here that sort of talks about, shows the volatility and the returns under each of those asset classes for the last 20 years. Now, for Australian and global shares, um, in over the last 20 years, there's been three or four years where there's been a negative return. Um, so let's look at Australian shares. 2002 was actually down 8.6%. 2008, uh, Australian shares were down 38.9%. 2011, Australian shares were down 11%. And in 2018, um, negative 3.1%. Obviously, in 2020, we went through a uh, negative year as well. So there, it's not unprecedented that we've had these um, times of negative action. In fact, that was the worst, one of the, the worst years in that 20 years was the 20, uh, 2008, the GFC, uh, negative 38.9. The best returning year in Australian shares was the very next year, 37.6 in 2009. So it just goes to show that there the generally is a, a, a reaction uh, and an evolution in these markets. If we were to look at something like um, global listed property, the best year was 40% in the last 20 years. That was in 2006. 2003, 4, 5 and 6 were all booming times in, in global listed property, 30%, 34%, 22% and 40%. In 2007, negative 48, 2000 and, uh, sorry, 2007 was negative nine, 2008, negative 48. Again, so you can see that up and down, wherever there's a boom, tends to be some sort of correction. Australian fixed interest, now that's a defensive asset. There's actually been a couple of times in the last 20 years where that was the best performing asset for the year. 2008, in the year that all the equity markets went down in the GFC, Australian fixed interest returned 14.9%. International fixed interest pick 
returned 9.2%. So you can see the people that were that had some exposure to those fixed interests in those years had something to offset those other losses with in the GFC. Um, so that was the best year in that 20-year period, 2008, for fixed interest. So what it really goes to show is that having some exposure to each of these asset classes can be a good thing. The challenge is to is to work out, well, how much exposure to each of these am I going to have? Now, obviously, the more exposure you've got to the growth assets, that that's more of a high-risk type approach. I just want to, before we go into each of those portfolios and how they sort of look, uh, we'll talk and describe what conservative, moderate, balanced growth and aggressive looks like. I just want to have a chat briefly about each of these asset classes and the ones that we've listed. There, there are certain economic times where each of those thrive and certain types of economic times where each of those asset classes are not thriving at all. They're actually under a challenging, it's a challenging environment for them. So uh, one way that this has been described is economic seasons, describing them a little bit like the seasons that we experience with the weather. So the economic seasons could be described like this. Um, spring is described as a time with rising prices. That is, there's a higher than expected inflation. That's what spring is. Now, we're probably in spring at the moment, given that that's what's happening. Uh, the summer season would be a lower than expected inflation or, or deflation. So that's probably a period of time that we're hoping for at some point in the future. Um, autumn, we would describe that as higher than expected economic growth. Now, economic growth has been challenged a little bit in recent times because we can't meet the capacity. So um, we're certainly a little way off having that autumn season. And winter is when there's lower, lower than expected economic growth, i.e. recession. So again, when there's been a discussion that we might be headed towards a recession, that's a possibility. But within each of those, um, those seasons that we just talked about, there are asset classes that perform well in each of those seasons. They're well suited to that and there's asset classes that are challenged in those seasons. So let's just run through those briefly. So in times of rising growth rates, um, well, let's talk about rising inflation first because we're in that. So in times of rising inflation, um, spring, um, assets that are immune to devaluation. Now, we've heard a lot of people, I've had clients even coming to me saying they want to invest in gold and that sort of thing. That's where people start to gravitate. They might look at things like gold and commodities, possibly real estate. The challenge with real estate is that rents might go up because the prices of real estate, because of the interest rates, um, but also most properties are purchased with loans. So the movement of interest rates might affect the demand for property. And that's what might happen 
during this next little phase. In the the times of uh, falling inflation or deflation, um, cash-based investments, uh, you know, shares, long-term bonds, um, interest rates are likely to decline in at that phase. So that's where there'd be more money going towards things like shares. In times of falling growth rates, now that's where well, that might be a, what we're calling a recession. That's where there might be a gravitation to treasury bonds and government bonds, that type of thing. And in times of rising growth rates, that is where the economic growth is is higher than expected and heading in that direction. That's where more stocks, corporate bonds and commodities uh, might best match that environment. So you can see that these are just seasons. It's, it's getting into that where we talk about having a cycle. It's a bit like a cycle that we experience in the seasons, spring, summer, autumn and winter. And to keep changing your portfolio through each season to match that becomes a very tricky and hard thing to do because unlike the seasons that we experience during the year where we know every three months roughly there's another season coming, we don't know the timing of these seasons in, in economic terms. So we've got to try and either think we're smart enough to predict it, pretty hard thing to do, or set up with a portfolio that's going to be able to weather, generally weather um, all of the seasons and have to make peace with the fact that during some seasons it's going to be under duress and other seasons will make that back um, because the portfolio will be well suited to that. So let's just briefly, I won't spend too much time going into it in too much detail, but just at a high level, I want to just talk through what each of these looks like with a conservative, moderate, balanced growth or high growth, aggressive type of um, portfolio that you might actually see in your super fund and it's probably got that label. So for a conservative fund, Let's start with that sort of fund. So what we've got with a conservative fund is roughly, it's only got 15% exposure to those growth assets. 85% in the defensive assets, in the cash, in the fixed interest. So really interest is the, the whole focus here and income is the focus and a little bit of exposure to um, growth assets. Now, if you're going to go into that type of, um, investment, obviously you're going to limit the amount of growth you can get. It's just going to tick along and not have a great exposure to, to uh, the share markets. In a moderate type of investment uh, or portfolio, again, you might see something like that in your super fund, roughly 30% in growth assets, 70% in defensive assets. A balanced investment, as the word might say, is 50-50. Now, be careful with that balanced word because lots of super funds do call their balance fund something that's not 50-50. They have, it might be 70 to 80% in growth assets and only 20% in defensive assets. They still call it balanced. 
So I tend we tend to say to our clients not to get hung up on the word so much, but look at the allocation, 50-50 or 80-20. Uh, generally, the PDS or even ringing your super fund, they can tell you straight off the, off the bat if you say, give me the growth defensive um, ratio here, they'll send you something to explain that. But balance is 50-50. A growth type of investment, 75-25. So now we're talking about three quarters of this is going to be in growth assets, uh, exposure to shares, exposure to property, exposure to infrastructure, and only a small amount in those, those income-producing assets like fixed interest. And then an aggressive or high growth fund is more like 90%, 10%. So right at the moment, um, with things that have declined, okay, yeah, it might feel like it's safe to go into a moderate or conservative investment um, because you're not going to have more exposure to the share market and that type of thing. And you can get a, a return off the interest. Really hard to predict those seasons. When is the season going to change? So we we know when we look at um, historical figures that the best outcomes do happen when you can stick to your plan and weather that storm. Because even though you've taken some damage now through a season that hasn't been favourable, you will reap the benefit by, by when the season changes to something that is favourable. If you're going to keep chasing that season and try and match your portfolio, it's probably you're always going to be trailing and you're never going to be in the right place at the right time. Well, so that's certainly the risk. So hopefully that's been a quick um, fire chat about asset allocation. Um you can delve into this in a really technical way, but even just having it at that high level approach, I think is really helpful that you can say, okay, well, let's understand what's going on in the world right now. What season are we in? And how does my structure, investment structure in my super, in my investments, marry up with that? And okay, if I'm taking a hit now, what are the circumstances that are going to see that turn around for me and start to plan for that hopefully that's been uh, an educational chat for you this week if you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you then i invite you to join the grass is greener facebook group where you'll connect share and learn from other people just like you the information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.